0: This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale.
1: No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For Every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry.
0: Welcome to MarketScale Healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Heath. In the English language, we use an awful lot of compound words. They don't always go together. Phrases like jumbo shrimp. There are some phrases that go together, but I don't know if we really use them in the way that makes the most logical sense. For example, healthcare. You can take that phrase, cut it into its two basic parts and flip it and that's who we're talking to today. And that is someone who probably cares about your health as much as you do. He is the president and CEO for Ionogen, John Shanahan. John, how are you today?
1: I'm excellent, Sean. How are
0: you? I'm doing very well. I want to talk about a, a compound phrase that has always struck me as weird. And that is the phrase, fast, casual, dining. I don't know necessarily that I want people to be casual when they're making food for me, but I do want it to be fast. It's a very weird concept, and I'm and I'm very um, honored that I have a chance to talk to you today, because I know you understand that phrase much more than probably most people.
1: Well, as someone who's traveled the, about 80% of his career for about 10 years straight, I, I think I do. I think I've experienced the broadest possible representation of that category of dining.
0: I can only imagine that there are concerns that most normal customers are not even aware of. So what are some of the concerns that you have about casual dining?
1: So there's a broad range of this. We have uh, the local family-owned, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones uh, barbecue shack. I happen to live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Barbecue throughout the South is, is everywhere. And those are casual, meaning you're not, not gonna be in a tuxedo, but they're family-owned businesses. And, and very often <clears throat> they can have informal approaches to making sure that the place you put your food down is safe and clean. Then, then we see more of the corporate-owned casual dining. This is you know the typical wooden tables, has a nice bar in the restaurant uh, may serve everything from wings to maybe it's a burger special place. These restaurants are different than what we think of when we think of uh, some people would call it fast food. The industry prefers to call it quick serve restaurants. So those are the ones that it's just drive through drive up, but fast casual is a place that you can go in with your family and uh, maybe have an adult beverage, maybe not, and it could be family-owned or it could be corporately-owned.
0: Now, I would like to take a moment to talk about the... Approach and the sense of responsibility because I get the impression that is a bit different. A family owned restaurant really has a very personal, one to one connection with their guest, whereas when you get to the higher throughput of a corporate casual restaurant, it's really more about the numbers. And those two mindsets can drastically change the way you approach, for example, sanitation uh, within each given establishment well
1: <clears throat> you know that's a, that's an interesting comment you know it shouldn't it really shouldn't because the standards for how restaurants are judged whether it's bob and molly's barbecue place or it's the national chain uh that has uh, you know monstrous salad bar or, or is nationally known for its wings or something like this <clears throat> the standards are actually the same uniformly across all of them because in every state the health department is the, is the guardian that watches over these restaurants to make sure that the, sanit, the standards for sanitation are uniformly observed. And so your, your county health department, whether you're in Arizona or whether you're in um, <clears throat> Knoxville, Tennessee, your county health department is the one that's watching over these establishments to protect you, to make sure that they're clean and sanitized to a proper level.
0: Now, one thing that both of these... Approaches do have access to is cleaning products and sanitation procedures and methods and it would seem on the surface that it would be relatively simple to maintain a uniform approach to sanitation uh, and to cleaning the surfaces as you put it that we put our food on and yet not everybody keeps their eye exactly on maybe the best or safest way to do that?
1: I always tell people, the next time you're traveling, and, and, and my wife and I are very prone to, we like to get away from the national chains, and we'd like, if we're in a new city or a new town, we like to explore the local restaurant. And so we'll look for a Bob and Molly's, not necessarily barbecue, but it could be a steak place, or it could be any type of a casual eating environment. And so we like to explore those. It's almost replete with the number of times we've walked in and um, someone's finished eating and I'm watching the owners of a privately owned restaurant and they've got a bottle of the leading blue gl- window glass cleaner and they're spraying blue window glass cleaner on the table and giving it a wipe down. Well, <clears throat> the leading national blue glass cleaner has 11 chemicals in it that are you can't ingest and you can't have in your mouth. So if, you're su- if your child sat down at that table and took French fries, and maybe they got the French fries on the plate and then they're eating them off that table. Well, <clears throat> those chemicals are now on that French fry. And this is this is a common problem in the food service industry, that there is a casualness. As a matter of fact, it's such a problem that the chemistry and chemicals, even on the national level, just recently at a major restaurant chain that's a leader for uh, for, you know, Buffalo wings. Um, unfortunately, had two different chemicals in their kitchen. Now, this is really ki- critical because this is where your food comes from. Two different chemicals were mixed together in their kitchen, and the 34-year-old uh, general manager realized this was a problem, that the cooks and the cleaning people in the kitchen had mixed these chemicals. He chased them out of the kitchen, but just last month
0: he died. Why are these toxins anywhere near our food? I don't, it doesn't seem logical.
1: Well, you have uh, an enormously large chemical lobby in our country. And these, there's over 106 different chemical companies from people who make essential oils locally to uh, giant uh, global companies um, like Ecolab, who's the largest manufacturer of professional chemicals there are. These companies will put multiple different styles and kinds of chemicals into these restaurants some are used in bathrooms some are used in this location or maybe on a tabletop in this case the workers should never have had two chemicals in the kitchen that could be cross mixed to become toxic but they did and they were supplied by whoever the national supplier of that chain is and <clears throat> as a result these chemicals live in a kitchen where your food is prese- where your food is is prepared and so this is more common of a problem that that, that people think um <clears throat> in a recent trip uh, over towards nashville my wife and i stopped at a, at a national chain very casual uh, uh sort of a, a leading casual dining location one of four that use kind of similar formatting it's you know hamburgers maybe a light steak uh, they've got a bar in the place and <clears throat> the entire restaurant smelled like a damp wet rag And in fact, the table that we were sitting at was right next to one of these ubiquitous red buckets that they put these rags in. The bucket was ice cold. Uh, I know because I put my hand on the edge of it. It was black. The water was as black as uh, the screen on my cell phone. And there was a gray, filthy rag floating inside of that. And this is how they were sanitizing the tables in this restaurant. This is how they were proposing to my wife and I that that was a safe place to eat.
0: John, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not anywhere near food right now. And your description just made me feel a little queasy. <laughs> well, it, I hope it does. And I hope it alerts other people to think if you walk into
1: a restaurant, <clears throat> here's a great rule of thumb. If you walk into a restaurant and it doesn't smell clean, it isn't clean and you shouldn't eat there we we have seen just uh, this past week uh for example we're now throwing away a, a whole nother growth of uh, romaine lettuce from the growers out in salinas california this isn't their first problem with e coli that that so if you're having a ham sandwich uh of fact i had one for lunch and i told the restaurant no lettuce please because we don't know that the lettuce, we now know the lettuce isn't safe in the in the sense that we go into a restaurant and it doesn't smell clean. It isn't clean. If it smells like damp, wet rag, you shouldn't eat in that restaurant. That is not a safe place to eat. And this is a very common problem in some of the corporately owned franchise restaurants, because the, the headquarters may be in one state, but uh, five states away. The local manager operator may not have the attention to detail that the corporate office has. Restaurants need to have no fragrance. They need to be clean. If there's strawberries or lemon or something, that's generally a mask for a very unclean, unhealthy environment. And it doesn't take a lot to get to the place where Chipotle was just a couple of years ago. And Chipotle is an extremely well-run restaurant who happened to get caught sideways by a surprise and, and everybody saw the effects of that.
0: Can you give me a couple of other simple safety tips that I should probably remember when I'm dining?
1: So <clears throat> when you go into a restaurant, casual dining restaurant, and say it's a wooden table or very often they're, they're uh, laminate wood covering, if you, look, if you go to sit down at the, at the bar or the restaurant, first of all, if you sit down at a, at a restaurant, whether it's privately owned or corporately owned, if you can smell what smells like stale beer... That's not a safe place to drink. That means that the the bar and the liquor area has not been properly maintained. If you see fruit flies flying around near the bar, you've got a filthy bar. That means that the flies are likely living inside the liquor bottles that your liquor can be poured from. This is not an uncommon thing. This is actually fairly more common than people believe because today the distillers have put a lot more citrus products and sugars in these alcohol to make them watermelon or... Whatever, and it draws, f- if you're not very clean and properly maintaining. If you go to eat at a table and <clears throat> the, you, you look at the table and the top of the table looks dull, kind of like a dull finish on an old car, that's a dirty table. That's a table that you can pick up E. coli or even a staph infection from eating it. If the carpets are filthy in the restaurant, those are places that are not safe to eat if the sneeze the plexiglass over where the salad bar is if that isn't brilliantly clean i mean no fingerprints looks absolutely perfect if that isn't beautifully maintained then you shouldn't be eating in that restaurant because this it doesn't take much for someone to get e coli um, or salmonella um, and and depending on your health and and uh, your condition in, in the wrong person it could be it could be lethal or in a child it could be You know most of the the illness and death we've seen in restaurants Affects children more because we're a little bigger. We're we're a little bit more resilient, but <clears throat> Norovirus uh, which used to be thought of as a cruise ship virus is very common in restaurants
0: now, we're hammering quite a bit on the quote-unquote fast casual dining, but these are problems that can happen at any level. These could happen at a four-star restaurant.
1: It could. The, the difference that the white, we call them white linen restaurants, the, the, the linen is typically replaced at one of those after every single guest. So if the guest sneezes on the linen or, or has no but it, you know, especially during flu season, You know, someone will go out and have dinner at uh, a four-star restaurant. They'll have the early stages of the flu and grab the salt and pepper shaker. And if you're the next person at the table, you've just been introduced to that virus because it's been left on the salt and pepper shaker.
0: Help me make a distinction between the duties of the health department and the overarching guidelines for the Food and Drug Administration. Do they have a synchronicity or do they have a partnership Or should there be a partnership in your mind that they can agree that certain chemicals shouldn't be in food service areas?
1: Well, it's an interesting question that you should ask. The health department, uh, for almost its entire history uh, in all 50 states, has always said that the best sanitizer slash disinfectant for surfaces is bleach. Unfortunately, most restaurants won't use it because you spill it on the carpet and it ruins the carpet or you get it on a uniform and it ruins the uniform. And it's a fairly stinky substance. It, 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 it smells bad. And if you're serving cheesecake, nobody wants to be smelling a bucket of bleach lingering nearby. Um, <clears throat> the, the, and it's also bleach in its, in its usual form, just diluted into a bucket, is a, really a crummy cleaner. It doesn't clean very well. It has no surfactancy or cleaning to it. The Food and Drug Administration makes sure that our our food is intrinsically safe. So I had a friend who was the the head of food safety for um, a national well-known chicken restaurant that's closed on Sundays, and they wanted to buy their blueberries from a local grower because their restaurants are very attached to local people. But they couldn't because a local grower, say, if you were growing them at your home, The problem is the FDA doesn't come into your home to inspect how those are grown. And so that chain couldn't put itself at risk by buying locally grown fruit because you might not handle it correctly. Whereas a national provider of blueberries, they're held to a standard by the FDA. But as it comes to the sanitation in the restaurant, that's really a a, a standard that's determined by an old organization that's sort of created by the National Restaurant Association called ServeSafe which is run by the largest, really run by the largest chemical company in, in the industry, very self-serving. And, and and really it's reliant upon the health departments. I had a very good opportunity years back to get to know one of the ladies from the Southern Nevada Department of Health, which is basically Las Vegas. And the challenge with the health department is these are remarkable people who do incredible things. But you know, these folks uh, are paid a, a a basic living wage. They're not overpaid. And in Nevada, for example, they might have 80 to, to 110 locations that they're responsible for inspecting. That's they got to do that every month. That's almost impossible. The workload on these departments is, is really monstrous. So it's hard to get around to inspecting all these restaurants, but they inspect for rodent droppings and mold and freshness of food. And is it packaged and put away properly? But sometimes what chemicals are being used in the buildings? are never inspected. And that's what happened in that wing restaurant. Nobody was, the health department didn't have the charge to go look at what chemicals were in the building. There was no agency to do it. And and the management allowed chemicals to come into the bu- building that were together, when used together, they were
0: poisonous, they were toxic. It seems like a bit of an inconsistency that the FDA with its um, resources and uh, just the power and the infrastructure that it has, that focuses so much on uh, ensuring the safety of what's in our food doesn't also partner with the group that's making sure that what goes on or around that same food is not also equally safe. It seems like it would be a um, a very intelligent combination, but it doesn't sound like they really are on the same team. Yeah, there's no resources federally
1: for for the FDA to come in inside the states. States' rights, individual states get to manage themselves and they don't have the staffing to inspect individual restaurants. The other side of it is the chemistry and the chemicals that we use both to clean and disinfect are not administrated by the Food and Drug Administration. Only their jurisdiction ends when you use a chemical on you or an animal or you use it on food we're gonna eat, food and drug. And <clears throat> the group that oversees the, um, what chemicals are safe and not safe is actually the FDA's sister agency called the EPA. And the EPA has not really, in 38 years, taken on much of a responsibility to limit the chemicals that are in our society. So disinfectants uh, or sanitizers, Uh, like bleach are, they they watch these things and they make sure that they work and that they perform. But the EPA, if you wanna make a toxic blue glass cleaner or bathroom, quote, disinfectant descaler, it doesn't matter if it has five chemicals in it that'll destroy your lungs, you can do whatever you want because they're really not legislated. And that's what's so sad is that cleaning chemicals are some of the most dangerous things that we bring into buildings and 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 we bring them into our homes and we don't realize the toxin that we're putting in our own home or in the restaurant that we like to go favor
0: it seems as if the responsibility for keeping the general populace safe actually falls on the companies that are creating these cleaning solutions can you tell me about the safer alternatives I know that's a leading question because I happen to know quite a bit about some of the really cool things that you do at ionogen can you talk to me a little bit about safer alternatives and how simple and logical they really are
1: yeah and so you know it's it's really interesting uh, we're watching this unfold sort of in the uh, the whole e-cigarette right now well it's better than cigarettes and and well maybe it is maybe it's not and so are we replacing one chemistry with another chemistry and so we're we're, we're seeing that sometimes that, that that it's a difficult challenge the cleaning chemicals and disinfectants that primarily have been protecting our homes and our professional environments for say the last 40 or 50 years really have grown to be more toxic more noxious and more dangerous the ones that we use professionally are extremely aggressive. And can if you're, if you're Molly that works in that leading cheerleader wing uniform uh, restaurant, national restaurant, um, then you are spraying chemicals in Lycra shorts and a tank top every day of your life. And you're in the part of your life that the chemistry that comes into you is gonna stay in you. So when Molly decides to go have a child, the chemicals she used as a, as a server are now in her body because she's not wearing jeans and a, and a shirt she's wearing a, a like a cheerleading uniform for work and that puts her in great compromise the alternatives are harnessing the power of nature and so there are companies like ours and, and and a few others that have found a way to harness the minerals and natural elements that have been out here simply salt water electricity and to transform that into solutions that actually coexist with the human body? Because, the, for example, in our case, we build a solution that kills germs very effectively that is exactly the same solution that's generated in your white blood cells. So the goal becomes, what if we could have all the effectiveness of the Corvette, but you get it in a Tesla package that you never have to put any gasoline in?
0: Now, I want to take just a, a brief side Step here because most people, when they talk about Ionogen, if they don't know enough about the company, they think, oh, well, that's a company that works with primarily hospitals, the healthcare industry, or they're in industrial or food service. You actually work and help a myriad of arenas. Schools are able to use your products. Uh, you've also come up with solutions for home cleaning. The one that really struck me was when I was reading about the product that you have come up with that helps our best friends, our pets. Can you just tell me a little bit about Pure? Because that fascinates me.
1: Yeah, so Pure is has been created because when the technology was originally developed. You're right. It was for industry. It was used in food manufacturing, and these machines were the size of the fridge in your house, and they were $80,000. But they, the the solutions that came out of them are remarkable. And, and, and <clears throat> what we started to see was when we could scale the machinery down, make it uh, small and compact, and then for some people, just package pure. Be able to put... The the, these pure cleaning, sanitizing and disinfecting solutions in a sustainable pouch um, and give it to people in a package that would work as effectively as you'd see in a hospital, but be able to use it at home. And and so with your pet, very often our pets get allergies or our pets get halitosis. They get bad breath and and we really can't give them Lavoris or, or, or something like that or scope. But you could take a half an ounce of our solution, put it in the dog's water bowl, and it'll kill the bacteria that's in the dog's mouth. And it doesn't harm the dog. It's actually good for the dog because it's generated in their system. So instead of introducing our pets, our children, and our home to all these noxious chemicals, even though they're made by companies that represent themselves to, rep- to be a family company, our products are accessible, easy to use, And we don't even ask you to throw the package away when you're done. It's in a collapsible pouch. We have a little app. You tap your app, and we'll give you a postage-paid mailer. Send the pouch back to me for free, and we'll refill it and get you started all over again.
0: Now, we started this podcast talking about smelly restaurants, dirty rags, dangerous chemicals, and it has... We've... taken a deep dive to the granular level of a company that also wants to help my dog's breath not knock a buzzard off a garbage truck. And I personally support that. That has to be a really good feeling, John, to know that when you go into work every day, you have such a wide ranging reach and the effect that you can have from the industrial top level of industry all the way down to some safety in their own home. That's got to feel really good to you.
1: Very committed to the betterment of people's health, a cleaner environment, and less post-consumer
0: waste. Well, today it has been an absolute pleasure to have a conversation with John Shanahan, the president and CEO for Ionagen. John, thank you so much for taking the time for me today. I really do appreciate this, and I would love to have another conversation with you anytime at all.
1: Likewise, Sean, Thank you very much for your time today.